this No Fibs podcast. Today Margot Kingston talks with Kate Cheney, who's running as an independent in the Western Australian seat of Curtin. She has a background in business and has worked at the Boston Consulting Group, West Australia Airports Corporation and West Farmers, where, as Aboriginal Affairs Manager, she developed the corporation's first reconciliation action plans. Kate is running a strong community-based campaign and is one of the many independents threatening safe coalition seats around the country. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Hello, Kate Cheney, um, and welcome to the No Fibs pod. Hello, Margot Kingston. Very, very nice to be here. Thanks for having me. Last time I saw you was on FaceTime in January. First time I'd met you, and you did the first interview just after you'd announced, and you talked about all sorts of things. Then you went straight into a startup where you've got volunteers and friends and you've got to set up a structure and a process and start your campaign at the same time. What on earth has that been like? <laughs> I have to say that conversation feels like a really long time ago, Margo. Um, it's been a very strange and exciting time. It's been a fantastic time, actually. I've really had an incredible experience. Um, so yeah, the first um, the first month was, as you say, very much a startup where we were trying to work out literally what's our IT, how do we communicate with each other, what roles do we need in the team, who can we find who's available on zero notice to work sixteen hour days. Um, it's, it was a very strange first month, and then the second month was really systems and processes and getting things into place and. Uh, making it feel a little bit more professional. And then the last couple of months have been, uh, well, the third month we felt like we are in a bit of a groove and then in the last month it's been really, I've been right out of operations and out talking to voters the whole time with a, a machine now working quite, quite well in the background. So uh, it's been a lot of change in four months. The weird thing for me is I've spoke to Nicolette Boulay in, Bradford recently and Susie Holt in Groom and I just thought they would look so tired and haggard and they're, they're like you, they're, so, they're sort of shining. It's as though it's been this incredible adrenaline hit or, or I don't know, growth experience. How, how do you feel personally at the end of this strange jumping off a cliff? I feel fantastic right now, really good. I actually, towards the end of last week, I was starting to feel a little bit worn down and I had a bit of a sniffle and I thought, I did a rat test, but it was negative. Uh But I thought I actually have to have a PCR test because if I've got COVID and I'm meeting hundreds of people every day, I won't be able to live with myself. So I did a PCR and had a day, 24 hours at home, and it was actually exactly what I needed before the last week. So I came out swinging on Saturday afternoon, um, really ready for the, the last push. And the positive, the energy that, that has come from the volunteer group is incredible and I really feel like I'm just riding the wave of that uh, that energy mm. and it's it's fantastic to be involved in something that feels so optimistic and, yeah, and run on people power. It's, it's a, a very um, inspiring experience. You're a very late starter. How many volunteers have you got now? I think we're up to about 800, uh, which is great. So, we, yeah, it's grown gradually. Wow. And a lot of them have never, most of them I would say, have never been involved in politics before. 
and they are all sorts. Um, and mm. as a, a when you run a, a grassroots, it took us a couple of months really to work out how to uh, manage and organise and and tap into our volunteer group. We didn't really have the IT to back it up or the, the systems and processes. <laughs> The structures, um, but once it once it's got going, there's just so much energy, and it's really been about um, giving people the opportunity to find the way that they want to contribute and unleash that. Uh, and it's I love the fact you know one bloke came in and said, "I don't want to talk to people. I'm not good at talking to people, but I like I'm happy to deliver things." You think <laughs> fantastic? There's someone who can do that. Um, and others, you know, we've had retired doctors who come in and spend the afternoon folding T-shirts and uh, yeah. one retired uh, school teacher who um, has ridden her bike. She said, the thing I want to do is ride my bike wearing the T-shirt uh, every day. So she's now, she's been riding for an hour and a half every day. She says she's got really fit. Um, she feels fantastic. <laughs> And she feels like she's she's doing something positive. So that's been really lovely, seeing the variety of ways that which people in which people are, are contributing and, and getting on board. The thing about a safe seat is that the the voters aren't used to a campaign. It, it, it sort of and all of a sudden there's this incredible campaign happening. Tell me what it's like on the pre-poll booths when there's when there's competition. Is there a bit of toing and froing? Is it a bit weird? I, I read that your, your dad has been handing out how to vote cards, just like Mike Cheney. <laughs> Must be just crazy out well, there. Well, the culture is very different uh, in different booths, even actually. And mm-hmm. I think what, what, most of the candidate, most of the volunteers, seem to be pretty friendly and and civil. I think in some ways they've got more in common than separates them and that they're people who are actually engaged in the democratic process and they care. So um, that's a fit. I think that's actually a reasonably nice vibe. You get a few people, you know, a few little tussles here and there about signage or where people are standing or, you know, but on balance um, I think it's been pretty positive. And you're right. I mean, we haven't really, it hasn't been much of a competition in Curtin in the past. So I think that, the general population, you know, voters have been a little bit taken aback by the signage, for example, um, <laughs> and and seeing people who are politically engaged popping up all over the place in different contexts. So it does feel like there's a lot more talk about the election than, than there has been in previous, um, you know, lead-ups. I noticed you and the sitting member Celia Hammond have had a couple of radio debates and you had a climate change debate and the feeling I've, I've got, just listening and watching is um it's very civil that there is it has it been a clean campaign of people basically gone well we better not get dirty because the seat won't like it or let's let's play clean or, or has there been some some undercurrents um celia is a very civil person and so we've had mm. civil debates and civil conversations and um and i think that the the interactions i've had with celia have been as it should be, you, you know, um, mm. competition of ideas and, uh, you know, respectful, which is how our parliament should be. Um, there, there have been some probably dirtier plays from different parts of, you know, different parties. And obviously, as the candidate, you, you don't control everything that happens coming out of your party. So there's been a lot of um, 
signs being pulled down. But I think um, yeah. all all candidates have uh, have said that that's happening to them. It's not it's not just us. So um, and I think that's really unfortunate because I I think I'm really clear that I want to live in a democracy where whether you win or not is not based on how well you silence the opposition. And and so and I think that is is upsetting people when when signs get get taken down and it becomes the sport of the campaign. It's obviously a distraction from mm. the issues, but it is the the day to day sport. And then there's been um, a fair bit of negative um, uh, fly, negative flyers and some some fairly strong negative messaging from the Liberal Party. I suspect it's not coming from Celia, but it's from the, yeah. the broader Liberal Party. But I, I, so, yeah. so, it's, I think it's so what the is, sort what of thing that people are sick of. Yeah. What's, what are the main lines of attack against you? Um, the chaos and uncertainty of a hung parliament comes up a fair bit. Uh, As distinct from the chaos and uncertainty and instability of the, of the last parliament. That's right. And I, th- I think we are so... Must be, must be going to be really right. bad then, Kate. We are so deeply <laughs> embedded in Australia in this idea that there can only be two parties. And yeah. so many democracies around the world operate well with minority governments. And I think there's a real education process uh, on that for Australian mm-hmm. citizens to realise that it's not the end of the world if you don't have a, a majority government and actually you can still get things done. So so that's been one um, strong counter-narrative. Um, there's also the I'm a puppet of various different, you know, the, the Labor stooge or just another Liberal blue blood or a World Economic Forum puppet and, you know, various oh. um, sort of panic attacks on on that side but again I think it's really hard for people to to understand the concept of independence and being driven Mm. by the issues rather than the the tribe Um, and so it's it's quite a challenging concept for people for whom picking a political party is like picking a football team you know you pick them and you stick with them through thick and thin even when they're, they're not really doing what you think they should be doing um, yeah, so it's a, a very different way of thinking about politics for a lot of people. You made the decision when you announced that you, um, as a matter of integrity, would do full disclosure and that you had had a little flirt with the Labor Party in, in desperation last year. Have they have they gone hard on that or have they respected the fact that <laughs> that you, you were honest? Yeah, look, of course they've gone hard on that. In fact, today yeah. there's a, a scratchy, like a lottery ticket being delivered in letterboxes that says... Uh, independent lottery or something that says, you know, you think you're getting this thing, but you're getting this other thing. Scratch here to find mm. out what you're really going to get with lots of really panicky messages in it. But it, it's, I understand it's an existential threat for the Liberal Party that their base is yeah. saying you don't represent our values anymore. So it's become, it's become desperate. And, and I, yeah. I just, you know, we're just focusing on the issues um, focusing yep. on the the wonderful optimism that's around us in in the team, and thinking about how we how we think people want politics to be done. So when you started, you thought that uh, your uncle would not get involved, and he's written like three incredible pieces in in the local, in the Age, and in the Saturday paper, just setting out why he thinks that really electing independents are needed to to save the Liberal Party. 
And it sort of struck me that, you know, Perth, it's got its establishment and you're part of it and you standing has split it. And I've, I've read things that really this is a this is a fight between Gina Reinhardt and the Holmes Accord family. Well, how has the establishment coped with this incredible split in in, in its heart? I don't know because I, I don't. I've never met the establishment. You know, I know people. Oh. <laughs> They're just people. Yeah, and um, yeah, and some people that I speak to um, are really fired up and and feel not represented, and other people don't. And and that's the beauty of our of our democracy. So I think. Probably it's been um, it's been unusual in Curtin because people probably have not taken different sides in in politics before. So there's you know there's a bit of awkwardness amongst mm. friends and neighbours. Mm. And um, but I would like to think that we can um, you know rise above that and, and recognise that this is the beauty of living in a democracy that you can have different views to you family or neighbours or friends or business associates or whatever else and, and, and that, you know, life goes on. Can I end with this? Um, I've spoken to your cam- campaign manager and I've followed the polls and it looks a bit tight at the moment. Where do you think you're at and do you think you can you can win it with, with a great performance at, 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 with your volunteers at the polls? I'm sure it will be very tight and I'm sure we won't have a, a result for a few days. Um, yep. But I absolutely think that that we can win it because I think that, that there is a real wave of desire for change and, and we're seeing that. I mean, we're seeing that at the pre-polls. Um, we're seeing it door knocking. We're doing a lot of door knocking still. Um, and I, so I, I believe that we, we can win it. The, the main thing I believe too is whether or not um, I win this seat, I think we've changed Curtin. We've changed how people think about how they're represented and what they expect from that representation. Um, and so I, I don't think that the, the seat will be taken for granted again, irrespective of, of um, you know, whether, whether it's, I win it this time round. Um, but it does, it does feel like there's momentum and our volunteers certainly uh, all think that it can be done and they're out there working pretty hard towards that end. So I've met a few new candidates in my time and there's two reactions. One is never again and the other is, oh, dear, I'm addicted. So what is it with you? If, if, you, if you don't quite make it this time, um, what next for Margo, you? I honestly don't know. <laughs> um, I, I mean, because I didn't, uh, because I was asked to do this, it wasn't something that I dreamt up myself. Um, I, I can't imagine right now, you know, seeking out some other way to become a politician. It doesn't it feels upside down to me. Um, but I suppose I, I've I've really enjoyed the experience, and it has felt like the thing that I'm meant to be doing right now. It's mm. felt like um, the yeah. It, it's felt like there's it has had purpose for me. And I've mm. felt like my background has been really useful f- for, you know, what I'm doing and the issues that we've been discussing through the campaign. Um, but I can't, I mean, you know, if I don't win, going back to my previous life is not a disaster. I had a really nice life. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah. and I'm sure that there will be other ways to contribute to my community, um, big or small. That, that come up. So I, I, I don't feel any fear about either winning or not winning. I think that there's 
uh, a lot of exciting things ahead. And, and this has given me the optimism that people can come together yeah. and make change. And, and that, that makes me feel really excited and optimistic about the future. Thank you so much for taking time out and get back to the get back to the pre poll, okay? I will. Get back there. I will. <laughs> Thank you so much, Kate. Thanks so much, Margot. Thank you for listening and hope you enjoyed this Snowfibs podcast. Until next time, goodbye.